the Bavada at Odds podcast. My name is Seth Everett. I'm joined by the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow, as we break down the latest odds in all the major sports. NFL week to week as the playoffs are upon us, we'll break down the latest odds plus the futures. It's the Bavada at Odds podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcast. MLB show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Fedorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 169 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Fedorsky. Coming at you live with a special Sunday night edition of the pod. Uh, we probably will not put this out until Tuesday morning, to be honest, just to keep it consistent. Uh, but last week we recorded on a Monday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning in the grand scheme of the baseball world. Unless something absolutely bonkers happens in this Dodgers-Braves game, it's all the same crap. I mean, I'll just try and jinx it now. Gonson hasn't given up it in the first seven at bat, seven batters. So let's hope it doesn't throw a no-hitter because that would make us have to do a re-recording. Correct. I'll also give uh, something to watch for. Uh, well, I guess you wouldn't be watching this, but coming into the night, something that was to watch for. This is from Buster only. Uh, Tony Gonson for the Dodgers has made 40 starts in Major League Baseball, and he's 16-4 and with the 2-2 ERA in those games. That's the second lowest ERA for any pitcher since 1950 over his first 40 starts in the Majors. Only Vita Blue from 69-71 to 71 had a lower ERA over his first 40 starts at 1.99. That's an insane. And again, Vita Blue we're talking about. I mean, I'm just going to pull up the I numbers I think he won an MVP. He did win an MVP. I, I, I don't want to sell him short. Uh, Vita Blue from just like that price gave up a hit. Unbelievable. Uh, it's did. amazing how the jinx works. Vita Blue. I, all right, I'm going to be honest. That's a somewhat misleading stat, and it's a little bit different because Vita Blue in his first two years uh, pitched 18 games, started 10 of them. But then in 1971, his first full season in the bigs, uh, he went 24 and 8 with a 1A2 ERA, 24 complete games, 8 shutouts, 312 innings. Struck out 301 guys, .952 whip, six hits allowed per nine, uh, 8.7 Ks per nine led the league, Cy Young and MVP, and uh, they just don't make pitchers like that anymore. I, that was an all-time great season. That one's not talked about enough as all-time great pitching seasons. It also doesn't get talked about enough. He was part of uh, one half of an all-time nickname duo. Uh, when him and Bud Black, I believe they pitched together on the Padres, it was 1-2, black and blue. I like that. I like that a lot. Bud Black, current manager of the Rockies. Um, me personally. The Red Hot Colorado Rockies. Me personally, great weekend. I mean, from a social standpoint, finally started sleeping through the night in our apartment, which is a big plus. Yeah, but I mean, now we want people tuning in. That was the big leap. That was the fun subplot of the podcast. You know, sleeping through the apartment, which is good. My mind's no longer playing tricks on me. Saw a great concert, Goose. Not to be confused with my friend Goose or um, the deceased father in Top Gun Maverick. Spoiler alert. Uh, but at this point, if you haven't seen Top Gun, it's been 37 years. I have no sympathy for you. Goose is dead. I can't, but it doesn't get any easier to hear, Chase. You have to give a disclaimer in the episode debrief. Never. Never gets any easier to hear. Uh, and on a baseball front, me, you, my brother Mac, my friend James, we were at the Yankees-Astros game today. And this was the second time in four days I was at a Yankees-Astros game. Uh, it really it has to be one of the 
craziest series in recent memory. Thursday, the Yanks walk it off um, in the ninth inning. Judge hits a single on a 3-0 count. They had not had a hit since the first inning in that game. Um, they scored in the first uh, on a three-run homer. Stan hit a three-run homer, two walks. Stan goes deep. Then they didn't have a hit until the ninth. They win that game 7-6. And then today, same thing. Get no hit through six. We look dead in the water. Uh, the next thing we knew, Judge hits a walk-off three-run homer. And in between the Yankees, got no hit. I mean, this was a very interesting series. I don't, as a Yankees fan, I'm coming away very afraid of this Houston team. My preseason pick to win it all. Like, probably should have won all four games. They should have. They Not should have. They definitely should have. Not probably. The Yankees should have been swept this week. But, I mean, the mark of a good team is winning games you're not supposed to, and the Yankees split them. Sometimes you got to win ugly. This will be a good preview for the ALCS, I think, in all likelihood. Um, I think this series proved, in my mind, the Yankees and the Astros are a class above the rest of the American League. It's not. I mean, right now, it's not close. I mean, there could be moves made. Like, Chicago. Chicago ever going to turn around? We'll see. Like, they have the talent to be up there with the other two. But Toronto, I mean, Barrios has been a disaster so far. And I think his, his, his ERA well above six or just like around, it's hovering around six. Jose Barrios, um, who for those of you keeping track at home, was my AL Cy Young pick. I drafted Good him accountability. in my keep, I drafted him in my keeper league. He just signed a big eight year extension or eight seven for one twenty six. And so far this year, um, no, that's not. Updated. Oh, this isn't even updated. All right, hold on. I'll pull, yeah. up, I'll pull up the MLB.com box score. Uh, we both took. One of our Bovada Sportsbook.com picks of the week was, or picks of the day, I should say, we had a lot of picks this week, was the Blue Jays over the Brewers. Our logic was Jose Barrios is on the mound. Burns shut him down yesterday. Barrios is due for a good start. Um, and we were sadly mistaken. Barrios today. Yeah, Barrios might not be due for a good start ever. Barrios might just suck. So for those listening, if you think it's time for me to drop Barrios fantasy, please let me know. I'm holding out hope. Uh, today, two and two-thirds, eight earned, two, two walks, one strikeout. 5.86 ERA, 5-4 record. And this is, again, against a Brewers lineup that isn't good to begin with, and they're missing Hunter Renfro. It's, uh, I mean, Toronto still should be able to hit their way to the playoffs, but oh, I, I, you, I don't know what you do. His ERA is almost 6. Yeah. Like, I, can you start him in a playoff game? No. No, you can't. No. And he's been so durable throughout his career. Uh, you'll know he'll be there, and he's been pretty... He's been good. I remember him coming up. I went to one of his really early starts in Minnesota uh, when they were at the Orioles. And I always liked the guy, but I, I'd give him – I'd just – pitching's the one – you can't have a bad – you can't have a pitcher on your fantasy team giving up eight runs in under three innings. That's going to fuck up your entire week's worth of work. Yeah, fortunately, it's rotisserie league, so it doesn't screw me quite as bad. But, yeah, Barrios has been killing me. Uh, I'll have an update next week as to whether or not he's still on the fantasy team. Bovada odds are he will remain on the team. I sadly agree. Um, picks of the week. There's no games tonight. This is, again, we're recording on a Sunday night. Um, Dodgers and the Braves are playing. Dodgers, live line, are still favorites. Uh, it was minus 116 going into the game. I thought it was good value for the Dodgers there. It's nothing, nothing so far, so I guess there's something to be said there. Spencer Strider on the mound for the Braves. He throws gas. Um, but since we don't have a game to pick, um, let's just do a fun over-under here. Judge has got 28 home runs. Today is July. July, Today's Jesus June. Christ. Today's June 26th. 
Bovado over under 60 home runs with the caveat that he plays in 155 games this year and stays healthy. But I don't think you can put a caveat on that one, Chase. Okay, fair enough. Uh, over under actually, 60. I, I mean, that is, that's the question. The question is, does he stay healthy? Um, and like for that reason, I'd probably smart money is the under, but this is not one of those prop bets to take the under on. And then I'll keep it in New York, too. Pete Alonso right now has 69 RBIs. Nice. Is 150 RBIs given... You know, the Mets have been banged up, but he still had Lindor, Kana, um, Star, uh, Starling Marte, a lot of high OBP guys in front of him. Is it 150 RBI season for Pete on the table if he stays healthy? Bovada over under. Uh, exact same as Judge. I, that is the exact same scenario. Going to be a fun summer to watch some sluggers in New York. We will go into the standings this week. Uh, and there's actually been a shakeup in the AL East, which I don't think is getting talked about nearly enough. Yanks 53 and 20, they're 11 games up in front. Uh, but Boston now, second place in the East, 42 and 31, one and a half up in the wild card. Blue Jays, uh, or excuse me, Rays, Blue Jays, Orioles rounding out the division there in order. Again, the Red Sox, Rays, and Blue Jays, if the season ended today, would all be in the playoffs in the three wild card spots. Uh, but the Blue Jays, or the Red Sox, they were terrible in April. And the I... fact that this team has turned it around without any real reinforcements, to be honest, it's not like Sale is back. Tanner Hawk, who was supposed to be their young starter in the rotation, is now the closer. Garrett Whitlock spent time on and off the injured list. Credit to Cora. The fact that this team's Chase, in second I, place, I credit to Cora. It, I say it every time. I say he's the best manager in baseball, probably with five to ten wins a season. And another thing in the analyst that you and I were talking about this week. Um, they deserve credit. Again, the Orioles are not going to be competing for a playoff spot. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty positive. I mean, they're only seven out in the wild card, but so it's not impossible, but... Uh, right now, the White the Orioles have one fewer win than the Angels and have as many wins as the White Sox. And at 34 and 40, for a team that's openly rebuilding, that's nothing to be ashamed of with nearly a half a season in the books. Um, it's no, nothing to be ashamed of under sales. This is outstanding work. This team being an almost 500 baseball team, this team is terrible. Like, this team had no expectations to do anything. And one of the only guys you knew was no-hitter John Means. And, and Means got Tommy John surgery. And look, I mean, if this Baltimore – could this Baltimore team win the AL Central? Because they're in the toughest division of baseball. The rest of the division's in the playoffs. They're about seven and a half back of Minnesota right now. If they played all their games in the AL Central, would they be winning? I don't think they would be winning the division just because I still don't think the rotation is quite there yet. But – they got a lot of guys that offensively look like are legit. I'm like, I'm in. I mean, this is manager of the year type work down in Baltimore. Yep, credit to Brandon Hyde there. AL Central. Uh, one point this week, the Guardians were in first place. They caught the Twins, but Twins 41-33, still two up on the Guardians. Uh, 34-37, and White Sox in third. Tigers, Royals rounding out of the division there. If the White Sox are below 500 at the All Star break, does Larusa get fired? No, uh, there's he's. You can't you can't mid season fire someone who's already in the Hall of Fame. Disrespectful. Even though Tony Larusa himself is very very inherently disrespectful as a person. Disrespectful. The yeah. one thing the white like to, to reopen that job for any candidate to be attracted to that job, Ryan Stark has to stick it out with Larusa um, to just show other candidates like we will we'll treat you this way. Like you need to show it as a it's a hiring practice. AL West, 45 and 27. Astros in first. Only team above 500 there. Uh, the Rangers, amazingly, in second, 34 and 37. Angels, Mariners, well, Oakland. Well, fuck it. Bovada, I love you. 
but you keep taking all my money on these damn Angels games. They are awful. Mariners, A's riding out of the division there. Look, other than Otani, they just don't have a ton of pitching. It's been the problem for years. I mean, they have no... Thor, Thor's velocity isn't what it once was. He doesn't really strike guys out anymore. The bullpen is not great. Is that a bad one-year contract? Next week's episode. You were kind of alluding to it earlier. Really? Uh, and you numbers. asked me, can I pull up his numbers? And I will... I'll pull up the numbers right now. Give me one second. Uh, the thing with these angels are... We're, I'll go in-depth, maybe... 4-6, and 3-8-6 ERA, 1.2 whip. It's actually not terrible. But 40 strikeouts compared to 15 walks, which is not great. Uh, yeah, but it's a one-year deal, so I'll give him a pass. I mean, maybe... It's $22 million, though. This offseason, we'll do a deep, a deep dive on it. I just talk about how disastrous all these Angels contracts have been since Pujols and C.J. Wilson. If you compare it to the rest of the contracts issued by that front office, the Pujols contract looks like a bargain. It looks like a very well-executed... Pujols, the first five years, he wasn't Cardinals Pujols, but he made a couple all-star teams, had a couple 40 home runs years. He, he averaged 26 homers, I think, the first seven years. Yeah, that deal. he could still get around on a fastball. So, yeah, Pujols is definitely the best of the... Albatrosses. Jace, we're doing this in real time. You see that Muncie? Strider's bouncing in the dirt to Muncie with two strikes. Why doesn't he just swing and run the first? Pride. Okay. It's. I think it's the same reason why guys won't just bunt towards third. Everyone wants to be the hero. Chicks dig the long ball. Dudes want to be the guy with the long well, ball. Well, Muncie is... Muncie's having an under-the-radar, absolutely atrocious year. There's a lot of guys like that. I sneak in every week, but uh, Juan Soto at one point this week was hitting 213. Jason, I kind of like doing these podcasts while watching baseball games. It definitely makes it more interesting. Shout out to Ole Miss for winning the College World Series as well. Uh, went from the last team in the field of 64 to the College World Series champion. Stopped Oklahoma from winning. They would have swept both the men and women's College World Series. Uh, but going back to the AL West, I, I mean, I knew the Astros lineup looked as good as the Astros lineup is supposed to be, um, you know, outside of the one Cole start. Jordan Alvarez mashes. He's going to be fighting Judge Devers and, and Jose Ramirez for the MVP all year. Kyle Tucker looked good. Altuve, I, he must be able to channel the fuck Altuve's into something because he owns the Yankees. Again, it. I mean, the Houston team owns the Yankees. It's I was, not just Altuve. I was very impressed at the Astros rotation. Um, I mean, they threw like, enough- like Verlander, you knew it was going to be Verlander. Um, but Fromber was his usual durable self. Seven innings, three earned runs Friday or on Thursday, excuse me. You know, yesterday Christian Javier, a big part of the no hitter. I thought her Queedy today looked solid. He didn't give up a hit. And uh, the scary thing is, uh, they're going to get McCullers back potentially by the postseason, and they're always active at the deadline. Exactly. I mean, this Yankees Astros. Someone at the stadium was talking. Was it you? I I don't know who I was talking to. They said. Um, Yankees Astros the last five seven years has been a better rivalry than Yankees Red Sox. I'll say it. Yeah, the Yankees Red Sox had the wild. Someone said this to me Thursday. Also, they said I think uh, Ryan Kenny said it to me. He's like the Astros are our biggest rival right now, and I was like, look at the end of the day, the Red Sox are still our biggest rival, and I know the Astros have kind of taken it to us the past couple years. They eliminated us 15, 17, 19, but. Just, you know, you don't have to go back any further than last year to just think to yourself, who sent this home? And it was the Boston Red Sox. Let me know if you stand by that when you go to get... Is there that much animosity towards the... There's a lot of people that hate the Astros. there still is. Because you also have to remember with the Astros, they only come here once a year. So it's it's like you get everything out. And Altuve does too. The past two years too, it was a four-game series going into a weekend. 
Uh, and the weather was beautiful the past couple days. And then last year it was on Cinco de Mayo, which was just a scheduling gap on somebody's part to have one of the first games where the Astros come back to be the holiday where the Latin American community um, get hammered. I mean, everybody can get hammered on Cinco de Mayo. Correct. So Big day for the Taco Bell Cantina across the street from uh, Yankee Stadium. Yeah, that was when they took away my trash can. Oh, well, I had an extra one. And at least the Braves, making it interesting in the East, but still four and a half games behind the Mets. Mets 47-27. and 27. Phillies, Bryce Harper's going to be out for the foreseeable future. We'll talk on that in a bit. But they're 38-35, and 35, eight and a half back. Marlins, Nats, rounding out of the division there. Brewers, Brewers and Cardinals had a good series earlier this week. Last week they were tied. Uh, Brewers are now one game up on the Cardinals. And it's this is a weird season for the Pirates. They're 29-43. and 43. Um, they're in third place in their own division. Cubs and Reds rounding out the NL Central there. Um, Pirates, though, we talked about it. They The way that Major League Baseball is doing the new draft lottery, I believe, is that the bottom six teams have a chance to be uh, in the running for the first pick. And if the season ended right now, the Pirates would not have a chance at the first pick in the draft. Uh, Talk about a weird moral victory. I- I mean, baseball drafts are weird would be the positive spin on this one. There's, like, fun stuff going on in Pittsburgh. Kudos to them. I think they, they're they doing it right. I know it's been really bad, but they've had a lot of excited young talent come up in the past year and change. I, like, they're, there's, like, there's stuff that's going on positive. That's all I got. It's, the rest of the, the Cubs are a joke. NOS, Dodgers won game up on the Padres. Giants, 39-33, six games back. D-backs, Rockies rounding out that division. I think you and I talked about it this week. Maybe we talked about it last week on the podcast. I, I just don't see the Giants keeping pace with the Padres and the Dodgers this year. I think last year was really lightning in a bottle um, between Posey, Bell, Crawford. You had three old guys stay healthy and have all-star seasons. The pitching was unbelievable. You let Galsman walk. I mean, Rodon has been good. but I'm, I Rodon say has never been able to throw a full season. And he hasn't been as consistently good as Galsman was last year. Um, so I think this is going to be Giants and the Padres throughout the summer. Dodgers. Dodgers and the Padres throughout the summer. Thank you for paying attention for me. And uh, hopefully we get Tatis back soon to make it real interesting. Yep, that's all I got on that one. All right, league leaders, run scored leader Aaron Judge with 59. Hits leader Devers with 96. Doubles leader Matt Olson with 29. Triples leaders Nemo, Ahmed Rosario, Bobby Witt, three apiece. Home run leader Judge, 28. Ribby's leader Pete with 69. Walks leader Juan Soto with 61, uh, hitting 218. Stolen base leader John Birdie with 21. Average leader Arias averages down, but still hitting a robust 349. OBP Arias 427. Slugging Trout 658 and OPS Trout 1.054. Nothing surprising. Nope. Wins leader uh, Gonsolin and Alec Manoa tied at nine apiece. If Gonsolin wins this game against the Braves, he will be the first pitcher in Major League Baseball this year. Two ten wins. Wow, that was a wicked overthrow by Spencer Strider. It was so bad he couldn't advance. Gonson leading baseball as well with a 1-5-1 ERA. Saves leader Josh Hader and Taylor Rogers of the Padres, 22 apiece. Innings pitch leader Sandy Alcatraro, 106 in the third innings. Going back, being a bit of a workhorse, which we love to see. That's a trade that doesn't get talked about enough. They, for Ozuna, got Sandy and Zach Gallon from the Cardinals. So think of it as That's a, so think of it as for Ozuna, you got Sandy and Jazz Chisholm. I would think you just at a certain you just combine all three of the guys or all four of the guys they traded, and say because Sandy's a good ball, so you just count him as part of the John Carlo Hall, count him as part of the Yelich Hall. 
Scanners Park is the JT Hall, and then it's okay. Strikeouts leader McClanahan at 123. Nestor's been faltering of late. Uh, Verlander got shaken up a bit a week or two ago, and McClanahan, to me, has really solidified himself as the AL Cy Young favorite. Uh, whip leader, Tony Gonsolin, 0.8. Um, again, the, no real shakeups on the league leaderboards the past couple weeks. Gonsolin and McClanahan, uh, if those are the two starting the All Star game, that is a very boring pair. I have nothing to add. Like, that's just, yeah, a, I agree. That's just Although, Gonsolin will be cool, though, because he's at Dodger Stadium. Gonsolin's going to get it if he's. If he can't, if you can't articulate a case for him, he gets it because of the help. In an ideal world, though, it's uh, you get like a Verlander or a. Cole. You know what though, McClanahan will be cool though because half of baseball will not baseball fans will not hurt of him, and they'll just immediately be texting people like me and you saying, "Who the hell is this lefty?" Where the balls are just going zoom, zoom, zoom. Sound effects included. That's like that zoom, zoom, zoom. It's that. Same zoom 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 from the fucking commercial. The Mazda commercial. Zoom That's zoom, Mazda? zoom. I believe so. I don't even know anymore. I just don't zoom zoom zoom. All right, let's talk players of the week. Uh, one of them's got to be Aaron Judge. As we said, walk off three run home run today in the tenth. Three days ago against the Astros, he had a walk off single on a three zero count to in the Yankees seven six win against the Astros. Uh, even prior to that, on Wednesday, he had a two run perform two home run performance to power the Yankees to a five four victory over the Rays. Uh, and with six multi homer games already this season, he joins Babe Ruth in nineteen twenty eight as the only Yankees in franchise history to achieve that feat in the team's first seventy games of the season per ESPN stats and info. He's the first Yankee with back-to-back 10 home run months since Gary Sheffield in 2004. Sheffield um, was nice. Which the fact that Sheffield only finished that year with 36 home runs means he was very meh outside of those two months. He was second in the MVP that year. Yeah, second to Vlad. Uh, and he's the first Yankee in MLB history to hit two walk-off three-run home runs before July in a season. What else there is? To, what else? Is I mean, that says not including Grand Slam, so... Whatever. It's still, I'm like, yeah. I mean, what else is there to say no. other than what we'll talk about when we talk about him settling with the Yankees so they didn't go in an arbitration hearing, thank God, other than uh, back of the uh, money money trucks. This guy's about to get paid. Uh, shout out to the Astros rotation. We will cover the fact that they threw a combined no-hitter, our third no-hitter of the season shortly. Um, but yes, today... Was that three or four? Pitchers or no-hitters for the season? No-hitters for the season. Uh, Detmers? And the Mets combined one, I think is it. And the Reds. The Reds combined. But it wasn't a nine no it wasn't a nine inning no hitter, so it doesn't count. Count that. I mean, like if you're gonna count doesn't, any of these bullshit. Doesn't, doesn't count. The, they're all the, Andy the, Hawkins threw an eight inning complete game no hitter lost, and it's not a no hitter, so you can't count the Reds one. I do. Just being devil's advocate. Uh shout out to them though. So after throwing a no hitter yesterday, they went six hitless innings today. Um, which going back to the end of Friday's game, they had sixteen straight no hit innings. Um, this is extremely, extremely rare. It is tied for the longest streak since the expansion era since 1961, joining the Dodgers against the Astros in 1981 and the A's against the Rangers and the Twins in 1973. Both the Dodgers and the A's won the World Series that year. That was my preseason pick. I took the Astros before the season started. I think Yanks have been head and shoulders above the rest of the league this year, but... Um, Eventually, I they're going to come back. They'll come back to I hate to say it. Like, this is just... We, we baseball fans should hope we get another Yankees-Astros ALCS. All right. I'm just going to run down this full paragraph I have for Otani because this was quite possibly the most impressive week a baseball player has ever had in the history of baseball. Uh, so Tuesday, hit a pair of two-run homers, set a career-high eight RBIs, 
Um, he became the eighth player in Angels history with eight RBIs a game, but they lost to the Royals 12-11 in an 11 innings in Angel Stadium. His eight ribbies were the most by an Angels player since Garrett Anderson had a franchise record 10 against the Yankees in 2007. And it was the most RBIs in a game by a Japanese player, passing seven RBI games by Hideki Matsui in 2009 and Tadahito Aguchi in 2006. So two homers and eight ribbies Tuesday. Wednesday, he sets a career high with 13 strikeouts over eight scoreless. Angels beat the Royals 5-0. Uh, he retired 24 of the la- 23 of the last 24 batters he faced. Became the first player in ALNL history with eight ribbies in a game and a strikeout at least 10 batters the next day. Uh, Tony Kloniger is the only player with a 10-strikeout game as a pitcher and an 8-RBI game as a hitter in his career ever. Uh, he's just the 19th player in Angels history with 13 strikeouts in a game and the first since Patrick Sandoval last year on July 24th. Uh, and then Saturday, he hit a solo shot to right center that left his bat at 118 miles per hour. It was his 16th homer of the season, the hardest hit homer of his career, and the hardest hit homer for the Angels since Stack tra- since StatCast began tracking in 2015. Uh, and I should also note that during the 13th strikeout game, his 34 called swinging strike, called and swinging strikes with breaking balls were the most in an MLB game since Ivan Supernova in 2012. Didn't think I'd be mentioning him this week. Um, and just to put into perspective how great those back-to-back days were, he accru- accrued plus one fan graph war, point four as a hitter, point six as a pitcher over two games. I mean, what beats this? All right, for a week, Johnny Vandermeer, back-to-back that's no-hitters. Fair. Okay, that's And good. he went two for seven with a run at the plate. Well, it was the back-to-back no-hitters. Um, I'm just done with it. You had me at back-to-back no-hitters. But I, this is, even for Otani, it's like I try to leave him out of the players of the week because... Anytime he does something, it's kind of inherently like, oh, he's the first player to do this since then or the first player ever to do it. And it just like doesn't matter because this is that impressive that you have to talk about it. Nah, he's getting a little Mike Trouty for me where it's he's got to, I mean he's gotta do epic shit. I mean this is epic shit. This was, this epic, was epic shit to do back to back nights. It has to constitute epic shit. Yeah, this this was and epic this shit. And this one was epic shit. I watched I mean we watched that start. It was epic shit. For lack of a better term. Jeff Francoeur. Wow, haven't heard of him in quite some time. I mean, Jeff, does it get... Jeff Francoeur is supposed to be the next Babe Ruth. Yeah. It does a good job calling Braves games, though, the handful of times I've watched. Uh, shout out to Austin Hayes. He had a cycle this week for the Orioles. 11 cycle in franchise history, and there's six since moving to Baltimore. It's the third cycle in Major League Baseball this month. Whoa. What was That's that it? 11 cycle in franchise history. They've only had six since they moved to Baltimore? Third in MLB this month, first of Hayes' career. Uh, this one, to me, was super impressive, though, because he, A, was 24 hours off of a four-strikeout showing in Tuesday's loss to the Nationals, uh, but he got this done in a six-inning, hour, 46-minute game. That yeah. makes it, in my mind, one of the most impressive cycles ever. He cycled in six innings in a game that got canceled due to, or called due to rain. Every once in a while, he was in the zone. He was in the zone. All right, I got an apology for somebody last week. Isaac Paredes. Last week I said his name wrong. I don't remember why we brought him up. Do you remember why he came up? He, he got a hit off of somebody and broke something I think up. we may have said something. He got a hit, and we were saying how we didn't know him. I he think he a- broke up someone's no-hitter. Maybe. And he basically said, Chase, get my name right and go fuck yourself. Uh, this week he had a three-homer game against the Yankees and a 5-4 win uh, at Tropicana Field. Seventh three-homer game in franchise history. Hit two off Nestor Cortez and then another one off of Clark Schmidt. The next game, he homered in his first at-bat, joining Bo Jackson as the only players in the expansion era. Tomer in four straight at-bats against the Yankees. And then on Saturday's game uh, in the Rays' victory, uh, he had a 
home run in the eighth inning to bring the Rays down within one, and then in the ninth uh, had a two-run single to win the game with the bases loaded. Back-to-back games for him with a walk-off win, or with or back-to-back games for the Rays with a walk-off win. That's a hell of a week for a guy whose name I didn't know a week ago. It's fun when, I mean, yeah, we're not going to forget him anytime soon. Hopefully he doesn't own Nestor like Joy owns Cole. And Rays fans were ecstatic because the immediate comparison was um, comparing his numbers to Austin Meadows. And let's just say uh, he has more than replaced Meadows in a positive manner for that team. I mean, the thing is Tampa, the way that franchise is run, every time someone starts there, you think they're going to be the greatest player. They have, and they've earned that reputation as an organization. So. Speaking of Tampa, against the Yankees this week, Harold Ramirez hit a home run, an estimated 323 feet down the left field line, with an exit velo of 85.4 miles per hour. Uh, it was the lowest exit velocity of any over-the-wall dinger tracked by StatCast. Sometimes you get lucky, and sometimes it rains. That, yeah, that's cool. Nola Brothers, last August when Aaron and Austin Nola met at Petco Park, it was the first time the two brothers had squared off on a big league stage. Aaron struck out Austin uh, swinging on three fastballs. Come December, Aaron had a Christmas present for Austin. The baseball he threw for strike three. Well, Austin got his revenge. Christmas should be much more even uh, at the Nolo household this year because he smacked the go-ahead opposite field single that proved decisive in the Padres' one nothing victory over the Phillies at Petco Park. RBI single off of his brother Aaron. Yeah, I mean, Austin's way up. 1K doesn't do anything, but he gave up the game winning. Got the win for his team. Uh, shout out to Dansby Swanson. He had four home runs this week, including three home runs in four at-bats. Uh, and the only non-home run was a hit-by-pitch. So technically, three consecutive home runs in a row, making a real case uh, to edge out Trey Turner to start the All-Star game for the Na- National League at shortstop. Shout out to Madison Bumgarner. I mean, that trade, we knew it was ter- We knew it was bad at the time. That's just getting worse and worse. Yeah. Because Dansby has developed into an All-Star caliber shortstop. He was the number one pick in the draft, so it's weird trading those guys to make it. But Shelby, that that made no sense at the time. NCRT won a couple goals. Well, NCRT was the throw-in guy, and he was overqualified for that. O'Neal Cruz, the star prospect shortstop, uh, 6'7", beast. Honestly, that's my only way to describe him. I mean, this guy is a beast. Looks like he can play forward in the NBA. Uh, he made his season debut in the Pirates' 12-1 win over the Cubs this week. Two hits, two runs, four RBIs. Uh, on a third inning assist on a Wilson Contreras ground out, we were watching this together. 96.7 mile per hour throw across the diamond. It was the hardest thrown ball on any infield assist this season. Third highest, third hardest in stat track began tracking the stat uh, in 2015. And he then had a bases clearing double with an exit below of 112.9 miles per hour. The hardest hit ball by a pirate this season. Uh, he became the first pirate player with an RBI in each of his first career games, first four career games since Cookie Lavaghetto in 1934. Uh, and he played three career he's, in his first three games with the Pirates. In all three of them, he had multiple total bases, an RBI to drive in a teammate, and scored a run. Since RBIs became official in 1920, the only other player to do that is Joe DiMaggio. That's a name uh, you want to be compared to. O'Neill Cruz, I mean. Who knows how long he sticks with the modern day uh, Marilyn Monroe? Oh, you know who we should start going out with? That girl whose grandma complimented her rap. One nothing lightning. That girl who complimented her. <laughs> her gra- like Sweetie or Sweeney or Oh, Sydney Sweeney? I think she would make a great pair with She's like a modern day Monroe because she's like cool looking. Do you know what O'Neill Cruz looks like? He looks a little different than Joe DiMaggio. If we're just trying to do like the full apples to apples comparison here, <laughs> then maybe I mean Joe DiMaggio. Let's just, let's Joe DiMaggio is like a skinny Italian. O'Neill Cruz is not a skinny. He's skinny. Is 
skinny, but uh, six seven looks like he could play forward in the NBA or middle linebacker in the NFL. He's too skinny to play a middle linebacker. You can tack on him. All right, you get the point I'm trying to make here. So O'Neal Cruz, great start for the Pirates. Uh, and shout out to the Blue Jays hitting coach Guillermo Martinez, who on Wednesday in the team's 9-5 win over the White Sox was ejected before the game even started. Speaking of, this is when I was supposed to hedge on the Lightning. But you know what, we Bavada, this is how you take my money. I do not hedge. I'm, I'm a firm believer of... Uh, if you could chirp the umpire in the next game beforehand, do it. Oh, yeah. Get your money in. He got tossed. Uh, today at the stadium, actually, I almost bought a uh, old – they were selling for $25 in the R seats. I don't know if you caught this at all. Nope. They were selling old locker room nameplates of, like, really obscure Yankees. Oh, jeez. Chase, you got to tell me we're next. Okay. Write that down. I almost got a Reggie Willits one, our first base coach from last year, for $25. Would have been a bad use of $25. They also – one thing I actually almost did buy – um, and if they had like a relevant date in my life, I would have bought it. Was they had for a hundred dollars the game used lineup cards? Those are good guys. I looked to see if there was anyone in my family's birthdays or like some not even your birthdays. There was not, but I would have bought one of those for sure. Then that's a solid. I mean, better than Willits. Better than a Reggie Willis name plate. I agree. Um, all right, let's give credit where credit is due for the Astros. Uh, there's a sellout crowd at Yankee Stadium on a sunny sad sunny Saturday afternoon. Hoping to see a no-hitter, which is always possible with Garrett Cole on the mound. But instead, Christian Javier outshone Cole in the Yankees, and he'll make history in the process. Javier, who was signed for ten grand as an undrafted free agent out of the DR in 2015, combined with relievers Hector Neris and Ryan Presley to upstage the Yankees uh, by throwing a combined no-hitter in the Astros' 3 nothing win on the Bronx. in the Bronx. Javier's fastball averaged 94.6 miles per hour and was located extremely well. Uh, he threw seven no-hit innings, struck out 13. Neris walked around two walks and some close calls in the eighth. And then Presley blew the save in Thursday's loss uh, for the Astros in New York, rebounded with a 1-2-3 ninth. Standing made the last out, grounding the third base to spark a celebration on the diamond. Javier's 13 strikeouts were career high. He also threw a career high 115 pitches in the process. That was the most strikeouts by a Houston starter since Garrett Cole struck out 14 in September of 2019. Javier was at 91 pitches through six innings with pitching coach Josh Miller told Baker that Javier had maybe 15 pitches in him. He wound up throwing 24 in the seventh, striking out Glaber Torres on a 3-2 breaking ball to keep the no-hitter alive. It's the 14th no-hitter in Astros history and the first since Justin Verlander threw his third career no-hitter on September 1st, 2019. Their combined no-hitter uh, at Yankee Stadium 19 years ago came after Roy Oswald left with an injury after one inning and Pete Monroe, Kirk Sarloos, Brad Lidge, Octavio Dotel, and Billy Wagner finished it off on their line. Uh, Cole carried a no-hitter into the eighth inning of his last start and didn't allow a hit until two outs in the fifth. Kept the Astros off the board until a home run to right with two outs in the seventh. Jose Altuve added a solo home run in the eighth off of reliever Mike King. Uh, that Astros combined no-hitter in June 2003 was the last time the Yankees got no-hit. That took place at the old Yankee Stadium. Those are the only two no-hitters thrown against the Yankees since 1958. Uh, unfortunately, the Astros, as you said, are no strangers to celebrating at Yankee Stadium, having beaten the Yankees the 2015 wildcard game, bouncing us in the ALCS in 17 and 19. Josh Donaldson was the only Yankee to reach base against Javier, drawing a first-inning walk on a 3-2 pitch. There was also a throwing error by Alex Bregman in the seventh. But other than that, an absolute dominant performance by the Astros pitching staff. Uh, per Jason Stark, the last time the Yankees were no hit by anyone other than an Astros tag team was September 1958 by Hoyt Wilhelm. Um, in terms of complete game no hitters against the other 29 teams since then, there have been 162. So the Yankees are very good at not getting no hit, which is kind of cool, I guess. I'm going to just go with a bigger take on no hitters. 
I said that they should count no hitters in a losing effort if they're gonna count this. These combined no hitters don't. They're they're not they're not it. I'm gonna give two more facts and then I'm gonna give my opinion. Uh, from Katie Sharp, the Yankees at 52 and 19 this year, 732 winning percentage entering the no hitter. Uh, it was the highest winning percentage for any team to be no hit this deep in the season in the modern era since 1900. Uh, amazingly enough, there's been three no hitters this season uh, and five individual complete game shutouts this season. And the Astros have 14 no hitters in franchise history. The first coming in 1963. Two more no hitters than any team in that span. I wasn't upset about this. To me, it's like Cole pitched well. Cole pitched well. That was kind of my takeaway. Cole pitched well against a good Astros lineup. Credit to the Astros for keeping us off the board, but a combined no-hitter, it was just like another shutout loss. Not taking anything away from the Astros. I mean, Christian Javier shoved. He absolutely shit down our throats. Um, but again, it, it just didn't have the emotion for me then if Javier went nine, then I would have been way more pissed. It's not it doesn't it's not the same when you're watching it. Yeah. You start rooting for give up hits. I think your own team. I think Astros fans were rooting for to give up a hit. Like, you know what? I, I don't want. I'd rather give up a hit and do a comp- But that just, it's not, it sucks. Let Javier go the distance because that's something special. This, this was three pitchers pitching excellently together. Congratulations to the Astros nonetheless. It is a no-hitter in the record book. Um, Bullshit record. And those Astros combined no-hitters. Uh, I guess we'll get another one at Yankee Stadium in 19 years. See you there. Cool. So 2041, we'll be uh, in our mid-40s. I'll be in my mid-40s. I'll be early 40s. I'm not mid-40s enough. <laughs> We're mid-40s enough as it is. Uh, big news coming out of Philadelphia. Not something you wanted to hear as a Phillies fan. Uh, Bryce, Harper may sees, Bryce Harper's season may be in jeopardy after the reigning NL MVP suffered a fractured thumb Saturday's game against the Padres. Facing Blake Snell in the fourth, Harper had the duck to avoid a 97-mile-per-hour fastball that sailed up and in. Pitch hit Harper in his left hand, and he had to leave the game in visible pain. Uh, Phillies announced shortly afterwards initial test revealed the fracture. We're still waiting on details after further tests take place, um, and it's too soon to tell if Harper will need surgery. As such, the door isn't closed on a potential Harper return, but if surgery is required, he is in danger of missing the remainder of the 2022 campaign. This is just a tough break, man. I mean, Harper's already been playing through a small UCL tear that has limited him to DH duty over the past two months. Again, a torn UCL usually means Tommy. If Harper's a pitcher, he got Tommy John surgery two months ago. He's um, out next year, too. You know, the one positive for Philly is that Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos can now DH more. Um, doesn't force them to be in the corner outfield that much, so defensively they'll be better. They can't be. Po- they cannot possibly be worse. But, you know, Harper, the big thing is the bat... He's been hurt all year, still hitting 320, 385, 602, 15 home runs. Has very much kept himself in the NL MVP discussion despite the injuries. And this is where it gets interesting. You know, as the Phillies, they're 38 and 35. They've had this run the past couple weeks under Rob Thompson to make themselves relevant again. Um, but I think these next couple weeks will be big because at a certain point, Harper's already got the elbow injury, he's got the thumb injury. Uh, you know, it's like at what point do you just shut him down and say, I know we are urgent. I know we need to make the playoffs. We have the longest active drought in major league, or in the National League. Mariners have the longest one. But, That's I mean, again, easy. this guy came off, won the MVP last year, or last year, 35 home runs, 42 doubles with the Phillies last season. He's still signed for the next six years, I think. So you got to look long-term here. Dude, it's way more than six years. Oh, he went 13. I forgot. He was 13, not 10. Um, so this sucks as a baseball fan. I, I, I love Bryce Harper, but how do you play this if you're the Phillies? He wants to be on the field, you put him on the field. No, all right, well, he's going to be on the field because you know Bryce Harper. You put that guy on the field. If he can breathe, he's if playing. If not, 
name to look out for for Philadelphia, Brian Reynolds of the Pirates. Send him across the state. Hulk Hogan at the Lightning game. I wonder, though, it's almost like I wonder if the Phillies have the prospects to pull that off, unless they just pull the trigger on Bohm and say, maybe a change of scenery helps you a bit. He doesn't like in Philly anyway. His words, not mine. He apologized. Yeah, I mean, you can't say that. It's, as they say in Superbad, though, people don't forget! Especially yeah. with the internet. Like, yeah, he said he fucking hates it here. Yeah, not a good optics. Uh, you can't like unsay that. That's a, there's certain lines that you'd have to win. A, he has to win a World Series to come back from that one. And it's Alec. I mean, dude, yeah. like Alec Baum. He is on a different planet when it comes to baseball skill than I am. But he is not a. Uh, he's a. But he's RPR an, skills are way better. He's a solid major leaguer at best. I don't think. I don't think the Phillies fans will be too broken up about it. Let's talk more bad optics, and that's the New York Yankees and Aaron Judge. Fortunately, they settled. Prior to going to an arbitration hearing on Friday, uh, keep in mind this hearing was going to become the it was going to come the day after Judge had a walk off single against the Astros. So, uh, from Judge's perspective, the timing couldn't have been much better. Judge asked for seven for twenty one million. The Yankees counted at seventeen million. Uh, it was the largest gap between any two sides, but throughout the arbitration process. And Judge was ready to go to a hearing. They settled at 19 uh, with $250,000 in incentives if, if Judge wins the MVP and World Series MVP awards this season. It's just, again, if you're the New York Yankees, we went through this with Patances a couple years ago, and Judge is obviously on a different stratosphere. I mean, the season ends today. He's the AL MVP. He is leading your – he's the everyday center fielder now because nobody else can do it on the team. You already – I'm not going to say you lowballed them with $213.5 because I thought that they was a not. very fair extension offer. We both did. But he bet on himself, and he's winning big at the blackjack table. Are you really going to alienate the face of your franchise going into free agency over $4 million fucking dollars? Like where at a certain point does common sense went out? I, for, I don't know. I, I also think for what it's worth, Judge was going to win. I know they don't take this year into account, but Judge was fourth in the MVP voting last year. Yeah, but he's been hurt a lot. I don't know how. I don't know if his injury history would have cost him there. Uh, either way, good job by the Yanks settling. Should never have gotten that far. They should have just given him the twenty-one and said, "All right, we're knock four mil off your next deal this offseason." And what terrifies me is all surrounding this hearing. Buster Olney's immediate report was, "I do not see Aaron Judge in pinstripes next year." We've been saying Giants. They have yet in this new far-on regime yet to have that huge money signing yet. And, like, we saw it again today. Aaron Judge, every, every single team of baseball could use Aaron Judge. It pains me to say it. I think if he's gone, I think he's a Met. That would make me sad. I would. I think there you would maybe see tears showing down my face. Well, I'd, but I'd, if I'd you're just, Steve Cohen and you want to make a statement... You give him half a billion dollars. That's a statement. You give that guy half. You say Yankees offered you four hundred. We're giving you five. You make it impossible for Judge to say no. Please God, don't let that happen. Um, let's talk about something that you and I watched the tail end of the game. You know, usually in base. Oh God, are usually, we talking about the damn Angels. Usually in baseball, the Angels won today. You know, relax. Usually in baseball, you know, when it's fights, it's like fights in air quotations, but they're usually just like scuffles, some shoving. Uh, today we had a real fight in baseball. Yeah, I mean, we'll touch on this one next week, but in short, there's some good Twitter. It was a very, very real, aggressive, 
Like full on punches getting full thrown. two and a half minute fight. Watch the full video on Twitter because my description is not going to do it justice. But tensions reached an ugly tipping point during the Mariners Angels matinee on Sunday when both benches and bullpens cleared. Punches were thrown from players and coaches on each team, and multiple ejections ensued after Jesse Winker took a 91.1 mile per hour fastball from Andrew Wants of the right hip in the top of the second inning. The fracas spilled over in front of the Angels dugout on the third base line. Did you just say the word fracas? Fracas. What did I say? You said fracas. Isn't that right? I've never used that word before. Oh, yeah, no. And lasted more than six minutes, subsided, and then resumed in fair territory between the mound and third base, halting play for approximately 17 minutes. Before I talk about the fight, the best part of this whole thing, did you see Rysel Iglesias throw the full tub of sunflower seeds at the Mariners' dugout? That was... It's like, what do you think you're doing there? That's like, you're going to get... If you or I... Pull, that's like, so I know we, go, we do this once a month. If you and I pulled that move at camp... We're getting suspended from our jobs at summer camp now. Our camp owner is sending us home for a couple days. All right, so warnings had already been issued in the first when Lance threw a 92.9 mile per hour fastball behind Julio Rodriguez. But tempers have been boiling the night uh, the night prior when Trout dodged a 95 up and in fastball from Mariners reliever Eric Swanson. After being hit on Sunday, Winker held his left hand up, exchanged words with Rance, and took a few steps toward first base along home plate umpire John Bacon and Angels catcher Max Stassi, but he then ran towards the Angels dugout. Bacon and third base umpire Adrian Johnson attempted to restrain the left fielder, but he wrestled out of the hold and charged toward Angels third baseman Anthony Rendon, and both threw their hands at each other's faces. And by that point, the majority of players from both teams were in the thick of the scrum, and after the brawl mostly subsided, more words were exchanged, and the scrum of both teams continued pushing and shoving into fair territory, with multiple players being dragged to the ground. Vocal arguments that continued from afar as the crew chief Bacon and his staff sorted out ejections. After both teams were fully separated, Winker gestured towards Angels fans while walking behind home plate and heading towards Seattle's dugout. Gave them the old Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin fuck you double bird salute, which was great. Um, Scott Service, Jesse Winker, Julio Rodriguez, J.P. Crawford get ejected from the Mariners. Bill Nevin, Rysel Iglesias, Ryan Tapera, and Andrew Wants all get ejected for the Angels. Um, this was a cool fight. And you know Phil Nevin, one thing we know as Yankee fans... Phil Nevin is not only not going to back down from a fight, but he may be the only Major League Baseball manager who will actively encourage his players to start a fight. I'm not saying that's what happened here by any means. The Mariners um, made the first move, but Nevin's ready to fucking go. Yeah, that's what you're like. Definitely, it's kind of why I wanted us to hire him over Boone. Just it's definitely a different energy than Joe Madden over there. Oh, my but God. But same results where they keep losing all the games. Sad but true. Harsh but fair. Which is the... I mean, that's the thing with these angels. They... I mean, like, I, I, if it, we're not an Angels podcast. We're like a disappointed by the Angels podcast. Perpetually. Us and the rest of baseball. Uh, any thoughts on the fight? I mean, Crawford threw a real no, the Crawford thing. Crawford's going to get a week. And you got to appreciate Anthony Rendon, who's out for the year, uh, has his one wrist in a cast, and the other one, he's throwing haymakers. Eh, you got to help somehow. I mean, that con- that is another one of the terrible contracts all issued by the Angels. So I guess he's making it up somehow. Clearly they are just learning nothing. Um, I figured you would get a kick out of this, so I'm going to just read this. It is the bullet point in my notes here for the next topic is muddy balls. I did get a kick out of the muddy balls. Yeah, I That's thought funny. you would like that. Major League Baseball is now requiring teams to muddy baseballs before games using the exact same technique, according to a league memo sent to all 30 teams Tuesday and obtained by ESPN. Uh, muddying is the process of removing gloss from new baseballs to give pitchers a better grip. This is something, meanwhile, you do at every level. Like, even in softball, when you throw me a brand new ball, 
I'm going to put some dirt on it. Yeah, you need some kind of a grip there. It's been used in the game for decades and is important as ever now, considering the league's crackdown on the use of foreign substances. In past years, muddying involved clubhouse attendants preparing baseballs by rubbing Delaware River mud. Fun fact. Uh, which comes in a can days before each game. Moving forward, they'll, they'll be required to continue to muddy balls on game day and all with the same technique. After reviewing videos of clubhouse attendants from around the league, officials found a wide variety of muddying techniques. The proper techniques involves painting the full surface of the ball with mud using two fingertips. Then comes a very precise rubbing motion with the ball in between both hands to get mud into the pores of the leather. Muddying each ball is a 40 to 30 to 40 second process, and the league memo is another attempt to reach as much uniformity as possible for the dozens of balls used throughout Major League Parks every night. The memo said all baseballs to be used in a specific game must be mudded within three hours of all other baseballs being used in that game. And once the muddying process is completed, all balls should be placed in the Rollins boxes with dividers, and the box should then be placed in the humidor. In past, balls were allowed to go directly into the humidor, and when taken out of the humidor for that day's game, only eight dozen balls at a time should be placed in a ball bag. In the past, there was no limit to how many balls could be in the bag, but players felt the one at the bottom felt too chalky. Additionally, the inside of ball bags will be required to be cleaned thoroughly by wiping them with a damp cloth and then with a dry cloth to make sure there is no excess residue, dust, or moisture. Each team will be provided a poster showing the acceptable range of appearance for a mudded baseball, and all game balls must be stored in humidors for a minimum of 14 days before being taken up through the muddying process. That was a lot of technical lingo, but I think my main takeaway is, yeah, this absolutely should be fucking uniform. I tuned out when you said rub the balls in a particular motion. Yeah, I kind of chuckled my way to that one also. This just to me does seem like one of those things though, where if you have a good clubhouse manager who knows how to prepare baseballs properly, or not properly, but in a better way than another clubhouse, another club he might, you know, that's a little advantage that could make a difference. And to me... I know this is only coming up because of the cut down on foreign substances, but yes, the baseball should absolutely be the same for every game, for every pitcher as much as possible. So in that regard, uh, I think this is a good step in that direction. Yeah, that, this Consistency is, sort of, this is, is like good. a very basic, you need to get this one right. There's a reason they're cracking down on cheating across the board. It almost seems like one of those, like going off what you just said, it's like, well, why are we just talking about this in 2022? Like this, yeah. It I should mean, it's be, because it should be. It's consistent. because they cut down on the cheating. They used to kind of have it. Anything goes. Remember how much fun baseball used to be when people cheated. Pitchers were throwing so hard and could control the ball. Guys were taking steroids, hitting baseballs ten thousand feet. All right, it was sick. So yeah. Judge is doing that now without cheating. If Judge cheats, another situation where I will cry. That one would be more okay. That's like when I found out A Rod and Cano would cheat. A-Rod wasn't particularly surprising. Cano was a bummer only just because, and we've talked about this, it just seemed so natural. I know. The swing was effortless to a point where it was like, dude, you need to try harder if you're going to be the face of the fucking Yankees. But she was not. No. All right, I want to give a big, big shout-out here. When good things happen to people who persevere, uh, I would say in life in general, you and I are a fan of that. But We love perseverance. Shout-out to Mark Appel, who waited nine years and one cancel flight to make the big leagues. Uh, Pell 30 was the first overall pick in the 2013 Major League uh, Draft, and he learned late Friday night in Allenton, Allentown, PA, that the Phillies promoted him when the AAA Lehigh Valley manager Anthony Contreras called an impromptu me meeting team impromptu team meeting following a loss to Norfolk. They, he is now on the Phillies Major League roster, and again, first pick in the 2013 MLB Draft. 
Uh, he struggled with his performance, expectations, and injury along the way. Was traded to Hugh from Houston to Philadelphia in 2015 in the Ken Giles trade. DFA in 2017, quit in 2018. Uh, he had surgery on his right shoulder just in case he decided to ever pitch again. Um, and again, he was supposed to fly Saturday morning from Newark to San Diego, and the flight got canceled. Odds. Fucking airlines, man. You're ruining this guy's moment. Uh, he called Phillies team travel manager Jamison Hall. He got him on a flight from Newark to San Diego via SF. He arrived three hours later than originally scheduled, but did arrive. Entered the club, visitor's clubhouse a little bit before 4 p.m. Pacific time at Petco Park. Was congratulated by Rob Thompson in his office. Got hugs and greetings from Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos, and all of the boys. Uh, and again, Appel has talked pretty candidly in the past how his status as the first overall pick became a burden to him. Uh, but it gave him a chance in 2021. He was 3-6 and six with a 6.06 ERA last year at AA Reading in Lehigh Valley. Phillies gave him another shot this year. 5-0, and 161 ERA in 19 appearances this season. Uh, he will now no longer be one of the only MLB number one overall picks to not make it to the big leagues. I can't wait to see him pitch out of the bullpen. I mean, what an incredible story. This shit could be a movie. Yeah. It could be a D-plus movie. It wouldn't I be would, a good I would watch it. But good, congrats. Congratulations. Just congrats. Uh, two arbitration updates. Max Freed won his arbitration here against the Braves. He's going to be paid $6.85 million uh, compared to the six point six. That the Braves uh, Again, offered. We talk about it all the time. Why are you fighting with your stars over a quarter million dollars? Seems just like a terrible business model. Is Freed one of those guys that, given how many bats Atlanta has successfully developed the past couple of years, I almost think Freed just gets lost in the shuffle. I mean, Roberts held him the best lefty in the league yesterday. How many? I was going to ask you that. I mean, Freed, Freed since 2020, um, 28 and 9, 282 ERA in 54 starts. Whip 1.076. Postseason wise, I'm just going to pull up the postseason numbers. Um, all right, he admittedly was not great in the postseason last year, but he's given them a lot of innings, which is good. Innings a lot of postseason experience, uh, and he's a lefty. I have him at worst as the third best lefty in baseball right now. Uh, he's everything you want to see. Prisoner of the moment, I think McClanahan's the number one lefty in baseball. I think McClanahan's right the best pitcher in baseball right now. And then. I'd probably consider Urias over Freed. Is there anyone we're missing? Has to be. But we'll I mean, Nestor out. in this season, no, but no, not no. long term. No, Nestor's been so bad. He's been, he hasn't been it lately. He's come back down to earth a bit. Um, that seems fine. That, that list is fine for now. So good for Max Freed for winning. Uh, Marlins, Jacob Stalling, they lost. he lost. Marlins won. Uh, he gets two point four five million instead of three point one. I'm thinking about million. pitchers in baseball. What do you think the Bovada odds are right now in the Grom to win the Cy Young? Is that worth like looking into for us? After no, okay, because I think in most he's pitching two months, and like there's pitchers who have been good in the NL this year. It's not like like I Musgrove, Gonsolin, ERA, Gonsolin. Gonsolin, Freed, Musgrove, Urias has been great. I mean Corbin Burns is not having a year like last year, but. He'll be in the Cy Young discussion come the end of the year. Uh, some injury updates. Not injuries, so I'm just going to rip through these. Uh, Ronald Acuna fouled the ball off his left foot during Saturday's game against the Dodgers. He had to leave the lineup. X-rays were negative, but a trip to the 10-day injury list is a possibility because he said, I can't put any weight on my foot. It's going to hurt. That will be a tough loss for the Braves. Uh, Ty France, grade 2 flexor strain in his left arm. He's going on the 10-day IL. Uh, there's a collision with a close play with Sheldon Noose at the bag at first base Friday. Uh, as France reached for the throw, he and Noose made contact. Body appeared to 
Ben France's wrist back dropped to the ground, then obvious pain and left the game. This sucks for me only because this is a guy having a, I'd say last year was his breakout year. This was more of his coming out year. I think was going to make the all-star team, and I just hope he gets back enough to do enough to make the team. All that said, I'm not sure there's anyone else on the Mariners who's going to take his spot, though. Maybe Gilbert. Crawford if they're looking for a punch guy. <laughs> Knockout punch in Los Angeles. Oh, that looked like a home Ooh, run. Will Smith. Not uh, the wall. Crazy year for Will Smiths. Couple in this game. Oh, that was a good transition. Will Smith and Puncher's Chance. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> good accidental puns on our end. Um, Salvador Perez, thumb surgery. He's repairing a ligament tear in his left thumb. He's on the 10-day injury that's uh, retroactive to June 21st. Club noted he's back at some point this season. Uh, you and I watched this injury. Uh, Manny Margot. Was that the injury where he collided with someone or he ran into the wall? We watched oh, together. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which one was it? Uh, wall. Ran into the wall. He has significant uh, patellar tendon strain, but will not require surgery. Uh, you and I watched that live because there's a specific timetable to his return. We watched that. We said torn ACL. I think Hicks hit it, right? Yeah, no hesitation. So good to hear Margot is okay. Brandon Crawford, 10-day injured list, left knee inflammation. Hunter Renfro, 10-day injured list, left calf strain. Uh, Andrew Haney, back to the 15-day injured list due to inflammation in his left shoulder and a shoulder strain. Jan Moncada, 10-day injured list, retroactive to June 18th with a right hammy strain. Aaron Ashby, the Brewers, 15-day injured list, retroactive to June 17th due to a left forearm strain. Uh, and the last one, uh, Daniel Hudson, the Dodgers setup man, setup man, closer on that 2019 Nats team. Uh, he tore his ACL. He's going to be out for the year. He was on the injured list. I only bring this up just because Hudson's getting older. He's only got so many years left, and I just hope that's not the last thing he does in a big league uniform because that would suck. Tearing your ACL? Ending on a torn ACL. Yeah, Mariano almost did that, but he came back. Okay. Well, Daniel Hudson is not Mariano, but I'm sure he appreciates your optimism there. Uh, quick update on the All-Star ballot. Um, in the American League, Vlad, we'll just like go first and second, say how we feel about it. I mean, look, I'm going to preface this. The Blue Jays fans are stuffing the ballot. It's a big popularity contest. Vlad's first, it's first. Uh, Ty France, second in the American League. Good for Ty France. Ty France is... Yeah, good for Ty France. I almost hope they put Ty France on this team and then um, Arias is the injury replacement. Yes. Because they should all three be on the team. I mean, Vlad doesn't need to be on the team. There's an Audubon, so. NL, they got it right. Goldie won. Pete, two. I'm happy with whoever starts Either that. order, yep. Uh, second base, Jazz Chisholm, one in the National League. Ozzie Albies, two. Albies is out for the year. I mean, second base, no one is really doing a ton in the National League. Um, and Jazz hits bombs, so I'm cool with that. That works, yep. Uh, American League, Altuve won. I would have voted for Altuve. Altuve, I don't, especially after I, I mean, Espinal. Santiago Espinal is not two. That's, uh, Jimenez should probably get there. Jimenez, yeah, I agree. Or Glaber. Jimenez. Probably the Jimenez. Will have enough. Uh, third base in the American League, Devers one, Jose two, however you want to have them. Fine with uh, me. Jose should be one. He's the man. And then they have Machado one, Arenado two in the NL. That's an either order. That's cool. We're, we're all Boy, cool. Austin Riley's pretty good too. So far, they've actually done a pretty decent job. Uh, American League short side. This is the one where I take issue. Bo Bichette has been very meh this year. Tim Anderson, too, is a uh, is a good shout. I mean, there's like a no doubt. Bogert's hitting 330, six home runs right in the middle of that Red Sox lineup. I think it just perpetually shows how underrated this guy is. His contract's going to be interesting this offseason. He will probably get no longer. Plus. He will be no longer underrated. I think he's gone. Only because as good as Bogarts is, you have to resign Devers if you're going to resign one of them. I, or just don't be cheap. John Henry is worth eight billion dollars. Just figure it out. You let Mookie go. 
Oh, good play at the plate. National League, they got it right. Trey Turner won, Dansby too, however you want to order them. Cool with me? Yeah. Catcher, Wilson Contreras won, Darno two in the National League shirt. Kirk won, Trevino two. Nailed yep. it. Outfield. Uh, there we go. In the National League, Mookie won, Acuna two. And I have to scroll down quite a bit. Who's three? Jock Peterson, three? Sure. Jock's got 17 homers this year, 294 IP, uh, 924 OPS, 273 average. I mean, NL outfielders have been bad. I Schwarber with 21 home runs. I can you was my vote. Yeah. I mean, 842 OPS uh, outstages to me, the 219 average. Uh, American League, Judge, one. I agree with. Trout, two. I agree with. Springer's having a good year at three. But Taylor Ward, you were just watching. I mean, this guy should be an all-star. You can't keep giving the Angels All-Stars. I give them two. That's two too many. Fuck the Angels. All right, and then DH, uh, Jordan won in the American League. Harper won in the National League. Willa Contreras, two in the National League. Sure, Otani, two. Otani's going to make the team, so don't worry about that. Uh, so that's your All-Star Game update. We'll do these every two weeks, let's say, in the leading up to the game. Sounds good. All right, I got a few pieces of miscellaneous news. Here's an interesting one that I just caught on ESPN before the game. NBC Sports producer Sam Flood uh, announced that the July 3rd Peacock game between the Royals and Tigers um, will not have announcers. They will have nobody in the booth for the AL Central matchup. Instead, reporters will take fans around the ballpark and view the game from different vantage points. They do realize people don't fucking watch these games on Peacock as is. Plus, it's a Royals-Tigers game. What? Yeah, I mean, whoever, wherever, yeah, don't go to that Twitter anymore. They're just trying way too hard there. Um, under the heading of Life Comes At You Fast, Reed Detmers threw a no-hitter against the Rays May 10th, and he got sent down this week. You know what? That's a microcosm of the Angel season. Yeah, but if he retires tomorrow, he has a no-hitter on his resume. That's Never take that away. And he's still 22 years old and is a top 20 prospect in baseball. He's Yeah, I'm just saying. Reed no matter Detmers, what he does the rest of his life. Reed Detmers is not done. Oh, God. Um, Justin Turner is super due for a homer. Google this one. Uh, Kyle Farnsworth, one of my least favorite Yankees ever. Uh, Yankees and Met reliever had a decent career as a relief pitcher, though. Got known for his goggles, I would say. He posted a gym bathroom selfie on Twitter, uh, and he's now a professional bodybuilder at 46. And holy shit, is this guy on the roids? He should have used it when he was on the eggs. I think he already tried to start a fight someone because he was angry. The angry Kyle Farnsworth. Yeah, we didn't need any more roids from Farnsworth. Um, this was just a classic White Sox tweet with a hefty injured least already. I don't know if I even showed this to you yet. Tony LaRusso said on Saturday to reporters that several White Sox veterans uh, are playing under trainer instructions that if they make a routine out, slow it down running towards first base. Uh, players on that list include Tim Anderson, Jose oh, Abreu, Luis Robert, Andrew Vaughn, and A.J. Pollock. I mean, I get, I say, get I get it, it, but like, you can't say that publicly under any circumstance that you are actively telling guys, do not hustle. Like, I mean, have you, you, if you tried this shit in Little League, you're cut from the team. When you're in second grade, you have to run it out. I just, I, I'm like, of every asinine comment LaRusso's made as manager of the White Sox. That, that would, jeez, let's move on. Fire Tony. It's bad, bad, bad. I mean, this this may take the cake. It's just it's unbelievable. Um, and then my last interesting note before I go to tweets of the week, Ken Rosenthal pointed this out. You know, we give the Guardians a lot of crap, and their front office low-key has been killing it the past couple uh, weeks. And, you know, you look at you look at some of the trades they made, 
They got rid of Mike Clevenger, and in return, they got Josh Naylor, who's got a 141 OPS+. plus. Owen Miller starting for the team. Kyle Quantrill is an above-average starting pitcher. Austin Hedges is the best pitch framer in baseball. Um, they got two other guys in the trade. Gabriel Arias reached AAA at 21, has made, made his major league debut on April 20th. The sixth player in the trade, Joey Cantillo at 22, has a 204 ERA and 53 innings at AA. He's gained three miles per hour on his fastball so far. Uh, even the Lindor trade, I mean, again, the Lindor trade is hard for me to look at in a vacuum because of what he's done since he got the many. But Andres Jimenez has outperformed him this year. Ahmed Rosario uh, is tied for the AL lead with four triples, and he's hitting near league average. So they got a starting middle infield for Lindor. Um, and then the trade that nobody talks about, they traded Corey Kluber at the end of his career, towards the end of his career. I know Kluber's still pitching well for the Rays, but I guess post-peak Kluber. Um, and they got Emmanuel Class, who has been one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. It seems to me that this Guardians front office, all we've talked about is how cheap the ownership group is. Um, but we haven't at all talked about how they have made an absolutely slam dunk series of trades these past couple years in order to rebuild this team. Um, any thoughts on this? I don't really need any commentary. I just read this from Kent Rosenthal, and I was like, you know, let's give them some love because those are some good fucking trades. It's, it's, look, I'll rephrase that. It's a great way of maximizing return on investments. It shows the value of having a manager in the front office be aligned. And they actually get all the pieces going in the right direction. And when you're in line top to bottom, you can maximize talent from lesser players. That is great analysis. I will move right on to tweets on that note. Uh, Shane McClanahan on May 5th had a 306 ERA, single-day mile. Since then, nine starts, 59 innings, seven walks, seven earned, seven D6 strikeouts. That's a 1.07 ERA, a .75 whip, an 11.6 K per nine, and a 10.9 K to walk ratio. See, that's when we should have bet on him to win the side. Yeah, definitely. Uh, players with more walks than strikeouts and 10-plus home runs this season. Jose Ramirez, Juan Soto, and after today, Alejandro Kirk. I Kirk, love Kirk. Kirk's a beast. Kirk is just so fun to watch. Um, little Yankee love. Uh, the Yankees' 22 comeback wins this year per Katie Sharp are the most in the MLB of the season. They are 22-20 when trailing at any point in the game. Easily the only team with a winning record in that situation that season. Uh, and today was their 10th walk-off win of the year. That is the most walk-off wins by a team before July since 2000 when the Royals did it with 11. You don't hear much about that 2000 Royals team. Mike Sweeney, you remember him? He hit balls far. Was Beltran on that team? Was Damon on that team? Beltron definitely on the team. Was Damon in Oakland by then? I'll check the facts. Because he was in Oakland in 2002. Or no, he was in Oakland in 2001. He was a Red Sox by 2002 because that's a plot of money ball. Uh, while you look that up, Pete's 69 RBIs, Pete Alonzo. The most ever for a Met before July, passing Mike Piazza's 68. Damon was on that 2000 Royals team. You want a good 69 joke? In the Dodgers' 69th game of the season, Julio Urias pitched six innings, struck out nine, and retired six of the last nine batters he faced. That Royals team had how many comebacks or how many walk-offs before July? Eleven. They ended up with uh, 77 wins that season. Jesus Christ, don't say that out loud. Um, Shout-out to the Reds, who all wore Tommy Pham shirts before their first game at San Francisco since Pham slapped Jock Peterson. They were like straight out of the uh, Batman cartoon with Adam West, where instead of Pham, it said, Pham! Nice. Uh, from Jim Passon, Aaron Hicks um, became the first Yankee to hit a game-tying three-run homer with no outs in the bottom of the ninth since September 1929. Jordan Alvarez had 213-plus mile-per-hour home runs in the last two days uh, against the Yankees. That was Thursday and Friday. That was more than 22 teams have had all season. 
Imagine if the Dodgers didn't trade him. What was that trade? Him for Josh Field, straight up a middle relief pitcher. Not a good you one. know who else was a Dodger at some point I read? O'Neill Cruz. Who'd they trade him for? You want me to do some quick research? Nah, I can do it. You keep going. I got it. I can do a quick Google. I got the computer up. O'Neill Cruz was traded for Tony Watson. Dodgers trade these genetic stud freaks for middling middle relief pitchers. Yeah, but they have unlimited money, so they can make up for it. It's true. Anthony Rizzo's 16-pitch walk is the longest plate appearance by a Yankees batter since pitch counts have been tracked since 1988. Dylan Cease is the first White Sox pitcher since the earned run became an official stat in 1913 with five straight starts with no earned runs, and he now has the record for the most 10-plus strikeouts, 10-plus uh, strikeout games and one or fewer hits allowed in White Sox history. He does things like... Uh, He's very Jekyll and Hyde. Gives up a lot of unearned runs. Yeah, <laughs> I, maybe that, that'll be something on a, let, on a low Newsweek track, unearned runs given up. This was from Jessica Kleinschman. I just saw that. I saw that, yeah. During an arbitration hearing, Tim Lincecum once placed both of his Cy Young Awards on the table to show why you should win his case. Uh, and then she said, Judge should just show the walk-off clip TED Talk style. I agree. David Robertson this week on Wednesday batted for the first time in his career. Entering that day, he was fourth most had the fourth most appearances of any pitcher in baseball history without a plate appearance behind Buddy Groom, Joaquin Soria, and Brian Shaw. 695 games Robertson finally hit, and he struck out against a position player. A position player struck out a pitcher because, of course, they did. It's 2022. Yeah, I mean, Robertson, forever known as the guy who's just an asshole to the clubhouse staff. I agree. I wonder what's going on outside out there. A lot of ambulance. Yeah, we wonder that all the time, but then it's it hasn't come here yet, so we're fine. Angels record when Shohei Otani has two home runs and eight RBIs, 0-1-1. The record of all other teams in the live ball era when any player has two-plus home runs and eight RBIs, 126-3. Checks out. Before Wednesday's loss to the Yankees per ESPN Stats and Info, the Rays had won 92 straight home games with a three-plus run lead dating back to 2019. They almost blew another one yesterday. Tough week. Um, you know what? I'm going to save that one for last. Garrett Cole is now the first Yankees pitcher in history with 12 strikeouts and one plus or one hit or fewer allowed in a game that they did not win. He's the fourth Yankee ever to do that in a start. Uh, per James Smythe, the MLB best 69-game start since integration in 1947. There's a 2001 Mariners at 53-16, and then the Yankees are in a four-way tie at 51-18 and there. Corbin Burns has recorded 11 scoreless starts with 10 or more strikeouts since 2020. No other major league pitcher has more than five games over that span. And cue the Curb Your Enthusiasm music to end the podcast here. This is per Jason Stark. And Jared Eikhoff's last start of last season, he gave up 10 runs and three and a third innings for the Mets. And his first start of this season, he gave up 10 runs and four and third innings for the Pirates. Uh, he had back-to-back 10-run outings spanning 11 months. Um, and is the third pitcher in the last 25 years with back-to-back outings of 10-plus runs, joining Jamie Moyer and Jose Lima, who both did it in 2000, but not in separate seasons. That's a tough that's list a tough to be a part of. Yeah. Um, all right, that's all I got for this week's podcast. Big week coming up. Uh, I guess technically the 4th of July isn't this week. Yeah, but it's our last pre-4th episode. Last pre-4th episode. Um, why don't you tell the viewers about your... I don't, because I don't know what I'm doing now. I don't know. I don't have it all locked in yet. If you have any recommendations for the city of Detroit or how to handle a Machine Gun Kelly concert, uh, I, are you not? That's the point. Are you not reading the board, dude? I mean, my handwriting is bad. Yours, I might as well be reading hieroglyphic. Hi, what word am I trying to say? Hieroglyphic. Hieroglyphic. Anyway, so stay healthy, vaccinated, flu shots, wash your hands. Uh, three covers I found this week. One good, one bad. One I'll let you make up your own mind on. Good. No, I'll save the good for the last. Bad. 
The Halsey Walk the Line cover, I did not like. It was in a preview for the Power Rangers movie, so I'm impartial to it because I love the Power Rangers, but objectively not great. Max. Make up your own mind on Avril Lavigne doing Adele's Hello. Interesting. Uh, might, might be the only one that's more angsty than the original. The one I really liked. Casey Musgraves' Crazy by Niles Barkley. Um, that sounds fantastic. That's a great song and a great singer, which is usually a great match. Yes. Fourth of July weekend, I will be up at Camp Statico running College Bowl. I'm looking forward to being there for a couple days. Uh, yeah, and like Bryce said, celebrate our independence. Um, you know, this past week, I'll just leave it at some fucked up shit happened with our country. Uh, don't be afraid to speak your mind. Stand up for what you believe in. And uh, keep that in mind on this Independence Day when you are eating hot dogs and slamming beers under the fireworks with your friends. With Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Midorski. This is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show. Have a fantastic holiday.